We live in a world that screams at us all the time. Don't you think? We're never alone. Alone. We're never in silence. We listen to music all the time. We listen to music in the car. Listen to music in our headphones. When we exercise. When we jog. It's always something to do. When we sit at Beans having a coffee. We chat with friends via social media all the time. Facebook. Insta, all the rest of it. Um, And we're constantly connected to a million sources of information and noise that all try to scream louder and flash brighter than the rest to capture our attention. This world demands, this current age demands that we are busy. Do you agree with that statement? Get an amen. Thank you, JC. I heard a good acronym for the word busy. Being under Satan's yoke. Think about that one. I find that very true. Being under Satan's yoke. The busier we are, the less time we have to spend on the important stuff. The less time we have to stop and reprioritize what really is important and crucial for us. The things that really carry value. So here's a question for all of you. When you chat to your friends about your busy week, okay, who chats about, to their friends about their busy weeks? I mean, who has ever said, oh man, I'm such a busy week, I was busy with, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, we do, that's what we do. So when you chat to your friends about your busy week and you rattle off a whole long list of stuff that you've done, Man, it was so busy, busy at work, and I had this, and I had that, and I was prepping for this preach, and it took me like five weeks, so busy. You know, we're all always busy. So when you rattle off that list, does making time for God, uh, is making time for God on that list? Do you say that to your friends? Man, I was just so busy this week, I couldn't get to fixing the leak in my roof, because I was so busy making time for God. Who has ever said that? Said no one ever, right? I haven't said that. <laughs> In retrospect, I wish I had, now that I've prepared this preach, because that's something, this is something that the Lord has been laying on my heart over the past while. I've been praying about this. Um, so that's why I'm doing this preach. So I've been really convicted about making space for God in my life. So I'm not only preaching to you, I'm preaching to me as well. John 5, verse 19. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. So what did the Son do? If we follow Jesus, if we look at what Jesus did, then we should be able to get some tips on what he did to make time for his father. And if we follow Jesus, it means we're doing exactly what God wants us to do because Jesus only did what God wanted him to do. So let's look at some scriptures. Luke 5, verse 16. But he, that's Jesus, 
would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Mark 1.35 And rising very early in the morning, <laughs> who likes rising early in the morning? Uh, Mario, there we go. Kevin. So two of three van jylle. Jammer vir die rest. So rising very early, not even early, very early. That's early, early. In the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and he went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. My verse, version says, very early in the morning while it was dark, Jesus got up, he left the house and he went off to a solitary place and prayed. Matthew 14 verse 23. And after he had dismissed the crowds, again Jesus, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So how are those, for examples, set by Jesus himself to make alone time for him to be with his father? We ought to follow the example of Jesus. We ought to do exactly the same. God desires to have a relationship with us. He desires our undivided attention. He desires two-way communication between us. Two-way. That is, he desires for us to speak to him. But he also desires for us to hear his voice when he speaks back to us. There is perfect unity in the Trinity. There's perfect unity between God, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God desires that same perfect unity in relationship with us. I found that a profound thought. That God desires the same perfect relationship with me, with Jan, with everybody, with Sarieta there in the corner. As he desires and as he has with his own son Jesus. Amazing. Psalm 139 verse 6, David says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. It almost blows my mind that God wants such a perfect unity with me that he wants and has with his own son Jesus. However, we cannot build such a deep, intimate relationship with anybody if we don't take a time out from the busyness of life and invest ourselves in such a relationship. So by not making a conscious choice, we're still making a choice. We're still making a choice not to prioritize God. We're making a choice not to make a space in our lives that he can fill. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says that God put eternity into the heart of man. Now that means there is a void inside of us, a longing for something to fill that void. And who can fill that void? This is a Sunday school question. Nobody but a, a proper relationship with a true living God. Nothing can fill that eternity in our hearts 
but God. Now, Aristotle, the philosopher, he said, Nature will always fill a void. Well, that's not what he said. He spoke Latin. But thousands of years later, he translates in English to something like, Nature will always fill a void. This is equally true for the spiritual void in us. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says, We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, who is from God. So if we don't make a conscious choice to create a space for the Holy Spirit to fill in our lives, our lives will be filled with the spirit of this world. With idols that put themselves above God. With the lusts of the flesh, the love of money and material things. With pride, the love of self. And the more that space is being filled with the spirit of this world, the less space there will be for God. Until one day we realize we have grown cold and our relationship with God has suffered shipwreck. Because it's a slow, gradual fade. It was a previous message of mine. There's the slow, gradual fade, and you don't realize it until it's very late. John 15, verse 5. I, Louise. Jeez, Louise. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Not there? There, not there? I'm continuing. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So this is what Jesus is talking about here. This is the metaphor for us spending time with Jesus. If we remain in him, older translations, King James, abide, older English word, if we abide in him, that is, if we remain with, a, with an expectation, then we get nourishment and life and we bear fruit. So as long as we, the branches, remain in the vine, which is Jesus, we'll be okay. So making space for God in our lives is vital to our spiritual health. We have to make space for God in order to grow in holiness. For God says, be holy as I am holy. So that we can draw from his peace and his joy, which is essential for us as we live our temporary lives in this fallen world. Now, it's not about having time, because we never have time. 
But it's about making time. Making time takes effort. Making time takes time. (laughs) So you have to look at your schedules. Reprioritize your stuff. Maybe get up earlier in the morning if that's what works for you. God created each of us differently. So we all meet him differently and in different places. I do want to encourage you to start your day with God. Even if you don't get up 20 hours earlier every morning and spend nine hours on your face before God. That's amazing if you could. I'm not sure that's the reality of for all of us. But I would encourage you to, to start your day with God. Even if it's 10 minutes. Just start your day with a thank you God for another day. Thank you that I'm able to open my eyes and live another day. But why does making time for God always feel like such a massive chore? Have you considered that question? Why does it always feel so difficult? Why is everything else so easy and making time for God so difficult? I would say it comes down to perspective. And this morning I want to challenge you to change your perspective on your quiet times with God. So spending time with God is not something you should do. It is something you should want to do. Dit een klein klem verskuivinkie. Een woordkie extra. One word extra. It's not something you should do. It is something you should want to do. I mean, what a privilege that the creator of everything wants to spend personal time with you. Isn't that just the biggest privilege? It's a bigger privilege than your boss telling you, well done. It's a bigger privilege than spending quality time with your wife. It is, I'm sorry, wives, but you know, us as men must prioritize God first. That is what it must be. It is the greatest privilege for all of us that the creator of everything wants to spend personal time with you. And we should want to spend time with him. So the real question is, how can we not prioritize God? How can we not make space for the creator of the universe? Mandy. Like Mandy always says, Ooh, yeah, yeah, no. I'm just going to let that hang so that you can quickly think of what did I say, what did I say like Mandy always says it's not that we have to spend time with God it's that we get to spend time with God you've said that many times we don't have to do this it's not oh, I have to take my kids to sport I get to take my kids to sport It's a privilege. It's a perspective change. It's the same action. You're still going to get in your car and going to sport. Taking your kid. But you get to take your kid to sport. 
So we don't have to spend time with God. We get to spend time with God. He created a way for us to spend time with Him. Didn't just happen. It happened through the biggest sacrifice in all of eternity. His son Jesus. Sorry, that was totally ad lib. I'm totally off my notes here. So that's a huge perspective shift for us, don't you think? It's not about seeing spending time with God as a chore, but it's about seeing it as the biggest privilege to be invited by God to spend time with Him and to be able to spend time with Him through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus. That curtain tore in half when Jesus died. That was the sign that we are invited into the Holy of Holies, into the inner sanctum of God. Now we read about Jesus and the vine as the vine and we as the branches, as the metaphor for making time, spending time, remaining, abiding in Jesus. So let's look at a quick real example in Luke 10. Luke 10 verse 38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him, to Jesus, and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So Martha here is the example of a busy life, of being anxious, of being troubled, of just carrying all the cares of this world. But Mary chose to take a time out from the hustle and the bustle. She chose to take a time out from the busyness of life to just sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him. And what does Jesus have to say about this? On the one hand, he says to Martha, 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 you are anxious and troubled about the busyness of life. But he says to Mary, Mary, only one thing is necessary and you have chosen the good portion and that will never be taken away from you if you choose to spend time with Jesus it will never be taken away from you now I don't know about you but I certainly want my life to be centered around the good portion I want my days to be marked by choosing to sit at the feet of Jesus At the end of my life, I want to look back and know that I sought relationship with my God above 
all else. In every season, no matter the cost. So the simple truth for us this morning is that God longs to fill whatever space we make available to him. The bigger the space we make, the more God will fill it. The more God will pour himself into us. The heart's cry of our Heavenly Father is simply this. It's what we read in John 15. Well, we didn't read this verse, but it's part of what we read about the vine. John 15 verse 4. And it says, abide in me and I in you. That's the simple truth. If we abide in Christ, he will abide in us. Jesus longs for intimacy with you, with each and every one of you. Make sure you choose the good portion. That will not be taken away from you. Make sure you remain in Jesus so that he will remain in you. So after all is said and done, on Father's Day, let's choose to spend time with our daddy. Because he longs for it. He longs for us to go and sit on his lap. How many of us have said, whoever, however our examples of, of earthly fathers have looked, absent fathers, maybe not given attention enough. We have a father that wants to dote on us, that wants to love us, that wants to give us constant love and attention. We just have to go to him.